0: Today is our last full day of practice together on this retreat. Encouraging ourselves to use this time well. We've covered a lot of ground in reviewing different aspects of the Buddhist teaching. And this can be confusing. Virtue, gatheredness, five jhana factors, Five hindrances, man, they're stacking up. (laughs) Not to mention the Four Noble Truths, the Four Right Efforts, they didn't even really talk about those, I just read that somewhere. (laughs) Seven Factors of Enlightenment, Eightfold Path, six Sense Fears, maybe next lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Can be confusing. But remembering all these practices come out of the mind, this one mind. All of them are about training this awareness. When things get complicated, we just come back. The Eightfold Path, you boil it up. That's too complicated. You, know, you can think of three. Virtue, gatheredness, wisdom. That's too complicated. It's, it's really one, awareness. Vigilance, all comes back to this one mind and heart. What seems like different practices really are all interwoven. The words make them sound different, but they're, they're, we talk about my thumb, index finger, middle finger, ring finger, little finger, but they're not really separate, are they? They're part of a one hand, these different aspects we talk about, let us look, focus in on different aspects of what really is essentially one mind. The great uh, sage, Sri Nisargadatta, who was another contemporary saint, lived in Bombay, died not that many years ago, in the last few decades, he he spoke to this relationship. He said, wisdom says I'm nothing. Compassion says I'm everything. Between these two banks, the life of the awakened one flows. Wisdom says I'm nothing, not a thing. Compassion says I'm everything. Between these two banks, the wisdom of the awakened one flows. As we began the retreat, learning how to meet the moment, connect with the moment, hold. The moment, investigate, and in seeing the changing, ever changing, nature of things, the essential ungraspability of things, because, like, where is last night's wonderful Dharma talk now? Splashed into consciousness, like fireworks. In a deep black sky and dissolving back into the emptiness. Where was the experience at breakfast? Touched consciousness shifted. So, as we were looking at and beginning to see the essential ungraspability, wisdom realizes to just live in denial creates suffering. So, wisdom. Let's be, let's go. Wisdom says, I'm not a thing. We try to grasp a thing that creates birth and death. We, yeah, I've got it. We think we've got the dawn, the brightness, the hope, the light, and then we end up with dusk. We grasp spring, it's coming, the snow's melting. Finally, warmth, go outside today and the wind cutting like a knife. So wisdom says I'm nothing. So in let's go and we get the sense of the vastness of the emptiness, the empty nature. Suffering, we then start to think maybe suffering comes from all that grasping stuff so we just want to stay out like that. Then, if we're not careful, we, 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 we start splitting. Yes, we've really experienced peace, but if we're not careful, we start imagining, you know, all this form stuff is the problem, people stuff is the problem. Go to emptiness. We start walling ourselves off. We've had a true insight into peace, into letting go, but it's, it's still not complete. There still is within that emptiness. Emptiness that's empty is not really empty. It's denial. True emptiness is not empty. It has within it forms. When we grasp the forms, wonderful existence doesn't exist. When we grasp the forms, they keep changing, leading to birth and death. So it doesn't exist, but in letting go, we realize emptiness. In letting emptiness not have to be empty, it has then within it form. Form is not different from emptiness. Emptiness is not different from form. So we're letting go, experience peace, and then we start getting extreme and realize the aversion we need to also embrace. Compassion says, I'm everything that within this emptiness, within this emptiness is form of the body. It's one mind lets go, one mind receives. We just think, oh, it's all about letting go. That's like a hand that only knows how to, that's called paralysis. It's only, if we only know how to do that, that's important when we've been compulsively gripping, grasping, clawing, looking for ease by holding on. And when we see the stress of that, yes, it's wonderful. It's important to relax, let be, let go, and let things, let the guests come and go and sense the depth of space. Ah, That's important. But be careful that we then don't just only want to experience that particular taste of peace. The clue will be we just don't want contact. That's when we remember welcoming, letting our peace be right in the midst of being with the guests that come through. It's not shutting things down. In the qualities of the Buddha, the Buddha is Charana charana, sampano Vijja is that deep wisdom that sees the empty nature, that sees the four ennobling truths, deep wisdom. But within that openness and unobstructedness, there was then not deadness, but clarity and the ability to respond. Charana, what we chanted every morning. Charana is the response, the activity, the manifestation. And when there's emptiness, unobstructedness, we manifest with kindness and compassion, joy and equanimity. It's the inherent tones of the unobstructed heart. Kindness, allowing, not harming. When there's compassion, one senses it. One feels that pain within, without resonates with it, and then in resonating with it, there already is the beginnings of addressing, balancing, relieving, understanding that suffering. When there's beauty, resonate with that. And deep underlying all of it is the equanimity of knowing this is how it is. So we focused a lot on this, on, the, on this retreat of gathering, focusing, investigating, letting go, but we want to make sure we also balance that by reminding us of the importance of, of embracing, welcoming. Even the word welcome is a very beautiful, important word. It's learning to be well, allowing things to come and go well, We're looking, like today, to encourage us to look at this metta practice, this welcoming practice. Tanissar touched on it last night. Metta means friendliness, it's sometimes translated as loving kindness. It softens the heart. The Buddha called it the first of the immeasurables, the Brahma viharas. Vihara means home. It's a noble, divine, immeasurable home, an abiding place that we can cultivate. Now there was a time in my practice, along with some of my other fellow mastic, monastics, we were out in Thailand doing the tough stuff, one meal a day, (laughs) don't need more than that. Uh, Sitting up all night once a week, pushing through the fevers and this and that. And so, you know, really being interested in samadhi, interested in emptiness, interested in liberation. So Metta sounded a bit wishy-washy. I mean, yeah. Buddha taught it, but really, (laughs) may I be well, may others be well, may you be well, may they be well. Really, we used to, I must confess, we used to think that that was mainly a practice for old ladies. (laughs) I I was misguided, I confess. That uh, it's a profound practice, a very important balancing practice. And a lot of these, you know, Olympic meditators, they really want to go for the good stuff. <laughs> if you're forgetting the metta, guess one of the biggest obstructions to calm, one of the biggest obstructions, is aversion. I'm going to have this right, that right. It's profound. Here's the Buddha, just a few little quotes. He said, monks, if a monk, if a bhikkhu, cultivates loving kindness for as long as a finger snap, he's called a bhikkhu. That's the word for a monk. He is not destitute of jhana meditation, the meditation on the deep levels of peace. He carries out the master's teaching. He responds to advice, and he does not eat the country's alm food in vain. Just a finger snap. So what should be said of those who make much of this practice? As we go back into daily, life, this practice, very, very, very important. Very important. And he went further and encouraged us that uh, for one whose awareness is really released through this goodwill, this is another translation of this, goodwill, and the awareness when this goodwill is cultivated, developed, pursued, handed the reins, taken as a basis, given a grounding, steadied and consolidated, well undertaken. When we make much of this approach, 11 benefits can be expected. The the, the Buddha lists some blessings. We've actually been weaving this into the teachings all along, but I just want to name it more clearly. You know, these, uh, The external manifestation, yes, sometimes can make us react when we have a thought of may they be well, may they be well, and sometimes it does feel hypocritical if we don't feel well and we're sort of saying, may they be well, or we don't really wish them well. <laughs> Those are, those are just thoughts that are pointing the mind. But the core of metta is, is more subtle. Those thoughts can help us. But the core of metta is that willingness to allow, not to fight, not to contend. Like if we want... That spring that was coming and it was sunny and it was spacious, and I just waiting to see the buds come out. And then we see it's dark and cold and windy and icy again. Gosh, there's snow coming again. Then when there's Met, we're not trying to pretend, oh, I love the cold, I love the wind. Isn't it wonderful? Good morning. Can't wait. I mean, you might feel that way, and that's good, but if not, but metta also means just allowing, not fighting. You can have kindness. doesn't mean to say one approves or likes. When you invite someone to tease, not necessarily like in the guest house last night that we like everybody, but we try to give space. Allow, not fight, not harbor ill will. Notice what that happens. There's something very magical can happen when we allow the tendency to push away the cold or the wind or what we don't like. Notice how that creates a vihara, an abiding place that's limited. We're pushing that out and trying to get over here to the good stuff. Metta welcomes. So the ease of the state the beauty of the state, not depending on having things a certain way. It's allowing. And if we're not liking it, we don't feel like metta, we just feel like humbug, you know. Don't like it like this. Don't like them. I don't like anybody. I like my dog. But the <laughs> and then, then we have metta, and this is very important for that state. Allow it, give it space, not add your will to it. Notice what that does to pain, to pleasure, to good, to bad. It creates, it create, keeps allowing, allowing, welcoming, softening. The blessings that come when we do this are very important. And, and this, is, this is really transportable. All these practices are transportable. Mindfulness, kindness, kindness especially, this kind of kindness in daily life because it gets ragged. It gets things not going the way we want. Trying to make it the way we want and then a moment of just welcome. Let it be, not fight. Not fight. This can have unexpected results because it melts things when we do this the Buddha says then we sleep more easily sleeping when we're if we practice making peace with allowing allowing then it's easier to go to sleep we wake more easily second blessing little by little we become free from bad dreams Buddha taught. Sometimes we use so much willfulness, getting rid of what we don't want, getting what we want. Notice this metta allows, not finds. So a lot of stuff that's being pushed around, suppressed, not wanting to be seen as allowed to come up, just letting it be. Little by little, the bad dreams disappear. One, uh, the fourth one, one is dear to human beings. Many of us suffer sometimes from uh, you know, loneliness. We like, we like that feeling of being appreciated, cared for. It's like liking it when the sun comes out and we don't, sometimes when we don't feel it, we really feel it's really difficult. We can generate that with our own attitude. The more we practice being kind to this body, these moods, and to others as to oneself, above, below, and all around. As we practice that, one of the results is, because we're not building walls so much, one of the results is it's easier for people to approach us. One of the karmic results is we become more dear to our fellow human beings. The Buddha's talking about the karma, the creation that happens when we make much of this practice. We become dear to non-human beings. You notice someone that has a a lot of metta or is good, they're good with animals too. And the various non-human beings, seen and unseen. The Buddha taught, we don't have to blindly believe this, but we can ponder this dear to non-human beings. The devas, angelic beings protect one, number six. Again, we might be open or not open, but just this is interesting. This is something the Buddha taught that he saw. That there, how interesting, you know, he didn't say, you know, p- p- parts of South Africa, you have not only one alarm system, two, three different alarm systems, walls, electrified fences, Guns, we know about guns in this culture. But it's just interesting, the Buddha taught that this kindness has great protective power. The next one, it, it says that as, if we really make much of this, then fire and poison and weapons can't harm one. That sounds just bizarre, but just be open to the possibility. Notice if someone is really aggressive, you can add to the aggression and turn the notch up on it. I've definitely seen times in my life when there was really aggression around, and when I went to allowing, not fighting, and kindness, not adding ill will, but adding kindness, I've seen things melt. I've seen seen things shift no guarantee, but it's just an interesting, interesting idea. If we are little by little to trust in the protective power of kindness, healing power of kindness. And this next one, which I wish I'd have learned about earlier in my monastic life, the eighth blessing is one's mind concentrates more easily. You know, so much wanting to get concentration, knocking this distraction out, knocking that distraction out. Yes, it's good to train the mind, but if we don't, aren't aware of this aversion, it's pushing, pushing, notice that when we, if we meditate, if we reflect, hmm. allow, Welcome, make peace with sound, peace with temperature, peace with sensation, as well as we can. Already the heart is starting to become centered, gathered. It's really helpful. This one, don't know what you're gonna think of this. One's countenance is beautiful. It's beautifying next if we if we doubt that next time we get in a rage, just quickly go look in the mirror <laughs> and you know we 're not talking about the beauty of that necessarily is going to appear on a magazine, but the beauty that comes from within you can see some gnarled like for example, in Tibet when we were walking around the holy mountain, gnarled weathered leather like faces some old men and women, but uh, you could tell when, when there was a lot of kindness we met there, and the beauty, the beauty of the, of, of, of when kindness comes through. This is, there's a beautifying, healing quality. Number 10, one dies unconfused. Number 11, and is born into an auspicious and blissful way. So to spend time today, just reminding, remember all these practices come out of one mind, so it's all coming back to how it is now. But just to encourage and check that we're not pushing away life. So having moments where you sense the body and not harbor ill will, but just to allow, not fight. Any views we have about the body, we let them come and go and just Gently drop into consciousness a a quiet thought of, may I be at ease. Sometimes one can even remember if we have trouble accessing this attitude, remembering someone in our life who's touched us, who we have naturally that feeling of kindliness, friendliness, might be a grandparent, a parent, a child, might be our dog or cat. Just that image, that memory helps us ac- access a feeling of friendliness, kindliness. Can we allow that feeling tone to just permeate our body, willing to welcome all the sensations that we like, that we don't like, that are difficult, that are easy. Breathing into the body, and as we breathe out, just relaxing. Letting the body be embraced by this non-fighting, allowing awareness. Any moods or thoughts, opinions about how we've done on this retreat and how much more work we've got to do. We just have kindness for any thoughts. We're not bullying the mind, the heart. Whatever mood, whatever feeling tone's there, can we... Allow it. Breathing into the body, breathing out, relaxing. And then choosing an out breath, an easy out breath. And as we breathe out, just letting a gentle wave, gentle thought of non harming flow from our. Heart before us, in front of us, filling that whole quarter of the world. This is one way the Buddha taught. Breathing in, and as we breathe out, just relaxing and sensing that space in front of us. May all the forms, spaces, beings seen and unseen, just be touched by a gentle non harming. Letting the heart just be open to that vastness in front of us from our chest-heart forward, relaxing with each out-breath. Letting that thought, that effort subside. Sensing the body, not fighting. If one is resisting this, then being kind to the resistance. Choosing then an out-breath and relaxing to our right. Sensing the right shoulder, the right side of the body. Letting a wave Non harming, emanate, radiate, extend infinitely to the right. May all the forms, the spaces, the beings seen and unseen to our right be welcomed, touched by that subtle, non fighting. quarter of the world to our right, all within the heart. Relaxing with each out-breath as we sense the space to our right, letting that intention subside as we're with this body gently and choosing an out-breath and sensing the space behind us, that which we can't see. Sometimes we even worry what's lurking. Just with each out-breath, sensing all that is behind us, extending a wave of non-harming, non-fighting. May all that is behind us be at ease and well. Whatever arises within that space, within that intention, we welcome, allow. Letting that gesture subside, and choosing an out-breath as we extend to our left, an intention of non-harming left shoulder, the space to our left, the beings to our left, the walls, the trees, out into the world. Like a pebble dropped into a pond, sending ripples out, extending non-harming to the left. However we sense the infinite space to our left, holding that with gentleness. relaxing, being with the body, breathing, and choosing an out-breath. Extending upwards to the heavens. Wave of gentleness unharming, all the space, all the forms, the clouds, out into the stars and galaxies, all that space, just however we sense that, just let it be. It's all within the mind. Our Brahma-vihara is not fighting anything. Letting that thought subside and choosing an out breath to release down, let go, and sense the earth beneath us, that which supports us, sensing the infinite space below us, extending a wave of friendliness, non harming, non fighting, down through Mother Earth. down infinitely. Letting go of fighting. releasing that intention and just sensing the body and the space around us above below and all around as we breathe into the heart let each out-breath be a a letting go of fighting each in-breath touches the inner world with gentleness our body, mind, and each out-breath is just like a pebble in a pond lets a ripple of allowing, not fighting. Giving ourselves permission to feel the divine abiding, the immeasurable abiding of metta. And any beings, thoughts, memories that come within that, just letting them be touched by this intention, whatever they are. Mother, father, ancestors, family, loved ones, children, grandchildren, colleagues, those we like, those we don't like, our workplaces, our homes, All forms are arising and ceasing within this one mind. For moments, can we just allow those forms to be welcomed with a non-harming friendliness? to others as to oneself, above, below, and all around, outward and unbounded. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be free from suffering. 나